What is going on, everyone? It's Reed and Adam here, your host of the Another Hole in the Wall Sports Podcast. We're back after a little bit of a delayed break. Um, we're going to get right into it, talk about baseball. And we're going to start by talking about Carlos Rondon, who had an absolutely dominant performance last night, throwing a no-hitter near super close to a perfect game against the Indians last night. Reed, what, what were your initial thoughts on that game? Um, did a great performance, like you said. Uh, really a shame that he lost his perfect game because he hit a batter in an 0-2 count, but um, that's baseball. So um, still definitely something to be to be a proud of, a great accomplishment um, for a guy who's had kind of an all-over-the-map kind of major league career and been pretty inconsistent. Um, good for him. And it's against the Indians, who I don't think we love their lineup, but nonetheless, still extremely impressive. Um, and just a great performance by him. Yeah, something to note about that. Um, I think losing a no-hitter by, other than an, by an error, by a hit batsman, is probably the worst way to do it because the hitter didn't earn it, and it only took one pitch to mess it up, so I think that's really disappointing. But for Rendon... You can't be disappointed at all. This is a guy who had an 8.22 last year. This guy who was, I think, DFA'd or left on waivers over the over the offseason this year, so anyone could have had him. I'm not blaming other teams for not picking him up, um, simply because, like I said, he had an 8.22 ERA last year. Um, but it's been a long road for this third overall pick back in 2014, I believe. And maybe this is the start of something really special where he finally gets his career on the right path with the White Sox. Yeah, the White Sox, obviously, a team that I think we expect to make the playoffs. Um, it doesn't even have to be a top pitcher on that team. They have um, Giolito and Lance Lynn, so if he could just slide into the one of the bottom spots in the rotation, that would be big for them. Speaking of those two guys, Giolito and Bieber had a great matchup the other night, and Lynn, I believe, started the season with 18 and a third n- n- uh, innings with no earned runs allowed, so... Anything in addition to that, those two is just incredible for them. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, so that White Sox pitching staff starting to look really good. Uh, moving over to the Red Sox, who lost against the Twins today, but had won nine straight. Uh, a team that people had kind of given up on almost after the sweep to the Orioles to begin the season, but a pretty insane run for this team, I have to say. Yeah, I mean... Uh, um, yeah, I think you got it. Um, a team that we, I expected to be fighting-ish for the playoffs, but ultimately I don't have them making it. I think you had kind of a similar outlook on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, they're off to a great start, 9-4-0, uh, and zero, so um, a great start. Yeah, and today's game against the Twins came down to the wire as well. Um, we've In this game, we saw a lot of what we had seen before in this win streak with the team. A solid start from a pitcher. Um, Verdugo got a huge knock against Taylor Rogers uh, to tie the game in the eighth. They end up losing it um, on a walk-off to the Twins. But as a Red Sox fan, I can't be much happier. And I'm sure this team must be super happy with how they're performing, especially the starting pitching staff. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't watch this game. But um, Michael Pineda pitched seven innings, two hits. Um, chalked that up to one I didn't see coming. Um, He's been good uh, over the last couple of years. But yeah, not to this level, still, obviously. That's a great performance. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah, this Red Sox team is 
it's going to be pretty decent, I think, and probably fighting for a playoff spot for most of the year. Mm-hmm. Moving on, uh, we got to take a second to talk about maybe the best two pitchers in the in baseball this year. Corbin Burns and Tyler Glass now. Burns has 30 strikeouts to no walks this year, which I think is more impressive than almost any no-hitter you'll see. Um, one earned run this year has been absolutely incredible for the Brewers. Tyler Glass now has been incredible as well. One earned run in about 20 innings. Um, these two guys are probably leading right now for both their Cy Young cases, so even though it's early. Yeah, um, obviously DeGrom is in there. He's always going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think Corbin Burns has kind of proven himself as uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball early on. We'll have to see, obviously, if he can keep that up. But um, a guy who was in the bullpen a couple years ago um, and when the Brewers made their playoff run, I think 2018, when they 18? lost to the Dodgers. I believe um, 19. In the NLCS. Was it 19? Yeah. Okay, 19 or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But um, – the guy who was in the bullpen for those teams, not really anything anyone expected a ton out of. And now he's one of the filthiest pitchers in the game. I mean, if you you see, I see clips on him on Twitter sometimes of him just, some of his pitches, and it's just, the movement on some of those pitches is just ridiculous. And 30 strikeouts to zero walks is absolutely absurd. I mean, yeah, that's... To not walk anyone and have 30 strikeouts is almost doesn't even seem possible. Yeah, literally. Um, in Glassdown, we had seen some of this before, but wasn't his best self last year. Added the slider to his repertoire this year, and it's looked absolutely dominant because of it. Yeah, a guy who um, I was not as high on, I would say, at the beginning of the year. Um, maybe not, not necessarily that I wasn't high on him. I was just concerned about him now being the ace of that team and not having Blake Snell and Charlie Morton um, to go alongside of him. But he's been absolutely dominant. Um, I have him in a couple fantasy leagues. I think you might have him. Um, I don't. Well in a couple. I um, wish. You but... don't? Uh, um, well, he's been, he's been really, really good for me. So uh, no complaints from me. I'll never forget my 2019 pick of Glass now, and he goes on to have a one-point, like, eight for the season, even though he missed some games. I mean... This is a guy I've been excited for ever since he was traded to the Rays because I just knew the potential was there and the Rays were just the perfect team for him. Yeah, um, one of the best, has some of the best stuff in baseball and the potential to be one of the best pitchers in baseball, I think. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that 2019 um, NLCS game with the Brewers, um, I might be a little off track here, but the Brewers ended up playing the Nationals, I believe, at some point in those playoffs and... What caused him to lose was a Trent Grisham error, and ever, he was soon after traded to the Padres. Ever since, he has been incredible. I think a very underrated player in the game, and he's a guy who is lead leadoff, I believe, for the Padres in what is a stacked lineup. So it's crazy to see the turnaround for him so quickly. Yeah, you're right. That was that was the 2019 um, wild card game. So the, the, the Dodgers Brewers must have been 2018, I think. Um, but whatever, that's off right. track. But um, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, he's he's been a really underrated player and um, a steal for the Padres. They, I don't think they really gave up much of anything in that mm-hmm. trade. Um, a couple more baseball topics. Uh, double headers, uh, as you might remember, now are going seven innings. And something I've really liked about this season: both of our teams have played in the uh, a day where we've had double the seven inning double headers. What are your initial thoughts on them? 
Um, I like the, the seven inning double hunters. I know a lot of people don't necessarily, but I kind of do like them. Um, playing eighteen innings in one day and then potentially having a game the next day is is really, really nearly. It's really tough on the pitching staff. Um, and this is just kind of one of their ways to try and get the games in with obviously COVID and everything going on. Um, obviously the Phillies got swept in there, so didn't enjoy watching that. But um, the concept of it, I kind of like, um, and I think we both kind of like this idea. And maybe, maybe incorporate it into the future. We'll have to see. Yeah, I've been saying for a while, even before there were seven innings, I'd like to see doubleheaders just incorporated into the schedule. Um, I don't really think it will happen, but I really enjoy the rule as is right now. Adds a lot of excitement early to some of these games, I say. Yeah, I think, I think I'm on the same page as you. I, I enjoy it. And our last baseball topic, Yanni Molina has caught his 2000th MLB game. An insane feat for a player. Um, we're kind of having this force to be talking about whether he has a Hall of Fame career. From the defensive side, certainly, but the offense is only a 740 career OPS, and it makes me wonder what will happen when his time is here. Yeah, that's something I never even really thought of. I'd have to probably look at the numbers to um, take a stance on that, but um, the first player ever to catch 2,000 games with one team, um, certainly something special that you're not going to see. I mean... Maybe you'll see it again, but with the way catchers are used now, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one of the just one of the all time greats, I would say. And um, yeah, watching that moment um, where the fans and I think Wayne Wright was pitching. Obviously, yep. he's been with them for a long time. Um, that was a pretty special moment um, for him, um, and I'm glad the Cardinals fans were there to witness that. Yeah, for sure. We're going to move on to the NBA, where we have a lot of notes to talk about. We're going to lead off with Luka, his game winner last night, and one of the most insane shots I've ever seen, where it's almost like he tripped and shot a floater from three, and of course, it's nothing but net. Um, We were concerned about his three-point shooting early in the season. It's been insane. He's just been incredible all season again, including that shot. Yeah, I mean, he's he's building himself into one of the... I guess if you want to say clutchest players um, in the league, mm-hmm. uh, with that game winner against the Clippers last year being like one of the, the biggest game winners. Um, that, um, I mean, that's coming to my mind. Obviously, the Lillard ones, others, but just the big shot nonetheless. Um, and then the one last night was just like you said, um, crazy. I mean, it, it just it doesn't even it didn't even look right and then it went in so um right good for him he's one of the brightest young stars um in the nba and the mavericks need to get him some help because um their off season was not great looking back on it i wouldn't say yeah um we're gonna move on to another three-point shooter uh steph curry um broke the warriors all-time record for points beating will chamberlain um 17,000, I believe. I can't believe he has that little points. It feels like crazy to say that little, but I almost would assume he has way more. But he had another 50-point performance the other night, and he's doing, I believe, shooting 50% from three. He's doing everything he can to get this team into the playoffs, and we'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah, the thing with him, you got to remember, he's had a lot of injury seasons. Uh, mm-hmm. last like year, last year. At least, at least two other ones at the beginning of his career, too. 
um, which is why he got the cheaper contract, which allowed the Warriors to sign KD. But whatever, folks on Curry. Um, we'll move on to KD in a little bit. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, um, but I mean Curry, yeah, one of the uh, the greatest shooter of all time. Uh, when he's hot, it's just it's just something to watch. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's just ridiculous. Um, the defense just like almost doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's all I have to say on him. I think greatest shooter of all time. Greatest shooter of all time. I don't I don't think it's particularly close to be honest. Now you can maybe make an argument if other players got like the shot opportunities he has in the modern NBA, but n- no other player has played in the era where this type of shooting is accepted. And I saw this earlier before. Um, a throwback to when Kobe had twelve threes in the game. It was like the most amazing thing ever because no one really even like shot that many threes. And he's in double digits almost every night. It feels like. Yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna maybe try and look it up real quick, but I would say he probably almost attempts, I would say, yeah, he probably attempts, I would say an easy 10 a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this, I can't remember if it was last time or two times ago, whatever, but the way um, basketball has just changed, especially over the last five years, it's just, it's crazy how different the league is. Right. Um, and Curry attempts 12 threes a game. 12 threes a game. And I mean, that, that's, that's crazy. And honestly, there might be more if there were some nights where they weren't winning by so much or losing by so much where he would get to play in the fourth quarter. He didn't play in the fourth quarter last night, and they've had some games where they've lost badly and he hasn't played. So I feel like 12 seems almost low. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. I, I think the greatest shooter of all time. Um, I don't think it's... I think the real question... Like you said, it's hard to compare errors, so... I think the real question is probably best point guard of all time, and that's the real discussion, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously I never really watched Magic Johnson, so I don't... I would say probably the best point guard I've ever watched. Uh, I'll stick with that for now, but um, Mm -hmm. that's probably a discussion for a different day, I would Mm -hmm. say. I promised KD, I was going to save it for later, we'll mention it here. KD, interesting fact of the day, uh, more tweets all time than career points in the NBA. 24,000 tweets, uh, 2,300 points in the NBA. I think I said it wrong, not the point. More tweets than points in the NBA. Uh, like I've said before, basketball is his side job. He's a, pro- he's a professional on Twitter, though. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I, just, I just feel like if I was Kevin Durant, like... Who cares? Like, why do you have to to pick fights on Twitter with random people? But um, I guess that's that's him. So I guess he's gonna keep doing them. I think Kevin Durant is just like the just like all of us, except for he's like insanely better at basketball. Otherwise, I feel like he's such like a normal guy on Twitter. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird, honestly. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, a few um, other notes here. Lamarcus Aldridge with a shocking retirement today. Um, no one saw this coming. Um, the craziest thing ever. I woke up. I see this. I'm like, what? And I'm like scrolling for a reason. I'm right. He retired. And then like five minutes later, Sham says, "Oh, he has an irregular heartbeat." Like I was kind of wondering why he wasn't saying that all at once. But either way, I wish the best for Lamarcus. 
an absolutely insane, probable Hall of Fame career. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of the situation, um, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago with Chris Bosh, where he was forced to retire because he had a blood clot um, in, near his heart or something like that. Um, both guys with great careers that were unfortunately forced to end early because of serious conditions. Um, obviously, the, not the important thing is the impact on the Nets. The important thing is his health, but mm. um, this definitely does affect the Nets in a negative way. Um, but obviously hoping for the best for him. Um, yeah, I don't really have great career. I mean, absolutely just great. one of the average, I think, I think 20 for his career, which mm-hmm. is no small feat. Um, speaking of the Nets, um, yeah, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge should have been starting at center a lot for them, which I wasn't really expecting. And you can see why DeAndre Jordan was absolutely on an island last night against Embiid, jumping on every pump fake, and there was just nothing he could really do against them. Yeah, it was it was really bad. Um, at the the second second quarter was I want to say Embiid had twenty points. I don't know if that's accurate, but I, I think he had around twenty points in the second quarter. Um, yeah, the Nets are going to have a tough time matching up with Embiid in the playoffs, but. Um, Obviously, the Sixers are going to have a tough time with all the Nets players as well. So, if we get that potential series, I, I'm really interested to see um, how it would play out. Mm-hmm. As Perk tweeted out last night, man, <laughs> they're just leaving DeAndre Jordan on Napsu Island last night. God bless America. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on, Reed replied. Uh, what do you think about that game overall? huge disappointment of what we were all hoping it would be with none of the Nets players really playing besides Kyrie none of their stars at least um, the Sixers were up pretty handily the whole game it felt like and then nearly choked it away in the fourth quarter um, but we're able to hold on uh, Joel Embiid 39 13 and 33 minutes I mean like we said uh, he's a problem for the Nets they, they, don't, they don't have anyone who can match up with them Mm-hmm. Um, Tobias Harris got twisted his ankle last night hoping for the Sixers sake that's nothing um, too bad because he was really good last night um, a big win for the Sixers because they now have the tiebreaker with the Nets because uh, this was mm-hmm. the third and final game this year um, I just wish it was the game that we all wanted to see but it is what it is and so it was almost surprising that Kyrie played he was out just a couple days ago with another family issue um a lot of uh, big reporters slash analysts have taken a problem with him, like Stephen A., who said he was MVP a couple weeks ago, who said he was should retire a couple weeks before that. It kind of seems like an interesting uh, situation that Kyrie has going on. I'm not really sure what to even say about it at this point. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of to be expected um, almost at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, for the nuts' sake, you just have to hope that once the playoffs come. All these guys are able to play together and play consistent games because really they haven't played very much together at all, and none of them have really played all that much either. Outside of Harden, who's legitimately hurt right now, but right. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We've never seen a team like this who has never really played together, and then their their first time really playing together is probably going to be the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't know how that's going to work. Um, it should be interesting. 
Uh, some sad news here, Jamal Murray tearing his ACL. Um, obviously a huge blow for this Nuggets team that was going, playing absolutely great. Um, it had some people questioning how, about the quick turnaround in the NBA and the close together games in the NBA, but either way, a really sad blow for Jamal Murray here. Yeah, um, like you said, tough news. Um, one of the, a, a brand young player in the league. Um, as far as the games are concerned, I don't know if it necessarily, I mean, maybe, you, ne- you never really know. It's always one of those things that, that people are going to say and you'll never really know if it's true or not. Um, but yeah, just tough for the league as a whole. Um, seems to be a lot of injuries this year. I think playing playing the season so close together could have played a factor, but like I said, it's just something that's not really like, there's no way to say for sure or for, for not sure that it actually has played a factor. It's just one of those things people are going to talk about and something we'll never really know. Mm-hmm. Um, some Something to note here, um, I think we've mentioned this before, Zion has become maybe the best inside player in the NBA, and my prediction is actually if they provide a better team around him next year, because I don't think the team around him is the best fit, he'll be even better and really could potentially be a top 10 player in the NBA next year. Yeah, um, the only thing with him is Brandon Ingram seems to take more shots than him, which... Um, Brandon Ingram, Ingram's a good player, but that that can't be happening. Mm-hmm. What a point! Zion's the guy you got to ride or die with there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like I've said, um, the fits around him I don't think are great. Maybe you can Ingram should is obviously a great player, but he tries to play like a ball handler too much, which I think Zion should be. They have two point guards that are really supposed to be there to be playmaking and aren't meant to be stand-up shooters like they have been. And then Steven Adams, who's an inside center who can't shoot like that, obviously doesn't help the spacing. Um, I think if the team could get constructed a little better in the offseason, we could be looking at a pretty serious team around him. Yeah, something to note with that, too, is they have a ton of picks um, Mm -hmm. for the Drew Holiday trade. Um, So they eventually can make a move to bring someone in. if they want to, which I'm assuming they'll probably do eventually for um, the next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Um, Celtics have won, uh, are 6-1, won four straight ever since the Paul Pierce Instagram Live. Um, a big win against the <laughs> a big win against the Blazers, uh, where Tatum hit a great three-pointer to ice the game, it, despite Dame getting hot late in the game. The Blazers have lost five of their last seven of the time of this game, and the defensive rating has been pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, Celtics have been playing better. Uh, I think Fournier probably plays a pretty big role on that, because he was... Well, he hasn't really played the last few days. Oh, hasn't? He's back on health? Okay. He still is, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't... Okay, so, so I'm really excited for when really he comes back too. Celtics, to be honest. Well, I honestly that, think. That help him. Well, I think probably the main things is um, Perk telling Tatum to play better. I think that's a big one. Um, <laughs> he's taking all the credit for this win streak as he shit as he deserves to. Um, it's really just a great job by him to say on Twitter um he should play better, and now he's just playing better. So. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I think that's, that's that has to be the reason why. We gotta remember, in the 10 games before Perk said that, Tatum was only averaging 26 
on 50 and 38%. Perks had to play better, and he has. Yeah, I mean, Celtics should hire Perk as their head coach and he has that kind of impact on the team. But um, I, I will say a few notable things that I think have been better for the Celtics. Obviously, the games where they have had Fournier, they haven't been a lot. He's been really great outside of his debut game. Um, Tatum has been on another level, but like he's been great all season, so there's not much really to say there. Um, I think a couple big things have been, first off, Tristan Thompson returning from COVID to back up Robert Williams. Um, Robert has been absolutely incredible for them at the Celtics, a perfect mix of what they need. I still do not agree with the Tice trade at all because he's still just a really good player, and they traded in return got Mo Wagner, who doesn't touch the court. But that's, I guess, a different story. And Thompson has been really good as the backup big. Um, as well as that, Romeo Langford has come back, who is not allowed to shoot, but he's been playing really, really good defense for them. And Kemba Walker has still been bad, so I guess that hasn't changed. But otherwise, I mean, they're just playing like the team I think they should be. Yeah, the Celtics, along with, I'd say, probably the Heat and Pacers, um, are teams that have underachieved this um, regular season. But teams, if I was an upper seed, I wouldn't want to see as a first-round matchup. Mm-hmm. Lots of good teams in the East this year. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think all over, even in the West, mm-hmm. too, I think all over the NBA, it's just lots of talent. Do you like the um, flying game system for this year? Do I like the what? The playing game? The playing tournament? Um, I don't know yet, to be honest. Um, I saw someone tweet out that it should only um, be in play if the team is 500 yeah. and above, which is something I can definitely get behind. Or even that. It um, makes sense to me. Or even that, just within two games of this 8 and 7 seed. I think if you're like significantly far behind the team in front of you, you shouldn't get the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that I would, I would go for that too. Um, it's an interesting rule. I think we'll see how it goes, and then that'll probably determine if it's something in play for the future or not. Uh huh. Um, one more note on that Blazers game. Um, a lot of people have been saying CJ McCollum has been playing terrible defense. Well, his brother came out on Twitter the other day um, to defend him, saying the league average defensive rating is. 110 saying CJ is clearly an above average defender. What's was this with his 113 defensive rating? Uh, really good to see his brother stick up for him like that in all the wrong ways. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but the Magic Twitter account. Yeah, um, they tweeted out. They tweeted out that the best defensive rating in um in Magic history, and it was actually the it was like 115. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's just that's just funny right there. Uh. <laughs> so just so you know, um, anything above a one ten average is bad because the high, it's like golf. The higher the war, the worse it is. Um, so <laughs> maybe the funniest two tweets of this week, I gotta say, in both in similar fashion. <laughs> Hold on, I need a minute. Okay. <laughs> I remember I had a point about something else in the NBA, but now I forgot about it. So I guess we're going to move on to the only football real news we have, which is Edelman retiring. 
Um, how do you think this impacts the Patriots this year, if at all? I don't think much. Um, I think we kind of expected him to retire. He's been pretty injured the last last year, especially. I can't remember honestly if he was injured in 2019 or not, but um, it felt like it was it was, it was his time. Um, I mean, one of the the great slot receivers um, that Brady's Brady's played with. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I've seen a lot of people debating whether or not he's a Hall of Famer. Um, I would tend to think no. Um, I agree. His numbers aren't too great. And he also had the the PED problem, which mm-hmm. isn't like a, a complete no like baseball, but it certainly doesn't help. It definitely right. uh, plays a factor. Um, yeah, I, I would probably lean no, but still a great player and a great career nonetheless. And a great player, one of the better playoff performers, as we've seen. Yeah, definitely. And the thing, I, the last NBA note I remembered, uh, Levine going on COVID protocol should be out at least 10 days. A uh, massive blow to this Bulls team, which it basically might be their season at this point. Yeah, I, I do. I did see that. Um, I can't remember if it was today or yesterday, but um, definitely, definitely a huge loss for the Bulls. Um, a team that I believe is in the 10 seed right now. I believe um, 11 now. So... 11, so they, they, they will probably fall out of that, that play-in, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bulls' executives uh, just got to find a way to put the best players around Levine and Vucevic uh, this offseason, and we'll see if they can do it. Yeah, the Bulls are a team that um, has chosen to try and be competitive, which I don't know if that was the best choice, but I guess we'll, we'll wait and see on that. Mm-hmm. All right, we got a new segment here, and we're calling it uh, Pick of the Day, Pick of the Week, whatever you want to call. Just going to list off a couple of bets that I really like um, in the next day. So my first one I led off with, um, Reed is telling me, texting me right now to take my time because he didn't do it. Thanks, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you hadn't done it, so don't worry. I forgot to, um, to look at the schedule, but it's okay. I'll do it real quick right now. Um, so this is just something that came to me when I decided I was going to maybe try, like, without money to pick on some of these games. Um, and I'm going to show you how I started off so far today. So my, one, of, <laughs> one of my first picks, I believe, was, I believe I picked the under eight runs in the Diamondbacks Nationals game. Um, they're currently at 12 in the sixth inning. I believe they got to seven in the first inning. So don't listen to yeah, me. Patrick, Patrick Corbin got shelled. <laughs> I thought over under eight was a really good one, but it just shows to show you kids. Um, so one of my picks for today is actually Dodgers minus 1.5 against the Rockies. Um, and for tomorrow, I have Nationals minus one and a half against the Diamondbacks. The big reason for that is I don't love the Nationals, but they have Scherzer going against Taylor Widener. Have you ever heard of him, Reed? No. Okay, so that's why I have that one. And then we're going to look at the NBA real quick, where I have, um, I actually have the Jazz minus nine and a half against the Pacers. I just think the Jazz are such a complete team. It seems like a little bit of a risky one at nine and a half, but I'm going for it for now. And I actually have, oh, and I have the Mavericks. It was minus three when I originally picked it, but now it's minus five against the Knicks tomorrow night. Any thoughts on those? 
my thoughts on this are the only sport I would ever bet would be football. Um, mm-hmm. Sport leagues like MLB and NBA fluctuate so much from night to night that I don't think I could ever reasonably make a large bet on those games just because they feel so random in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, but I mean, I'm just looking at it real quick. Um, Nuggets minus eight and a half against the Rockets. I'd probably take that. The Rockets are awful. And even though the Nuggets just lost to Ball Murray, usually a game or two after a player gets injured, the team kind of like comes out with a lot of energy and like plays for that player almost. So and they're signing Austin I guess Rivers. I would take that. Yeah, that's a, that's a franchise altering move right there. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, other than that, I, I'd probably like the Jazz as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I, I wouldn't touch either one of these leagues, I don't think. Um, when, the, when we get back to the NFL season, I'm sure this will be a much bigger segment. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, and we'll do this every week because that, that that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But, um, the MLB and NBA, I don't know, I just don't, just, for me personally, I don't find it as enjoyable, but, um, teach their own. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts on the MLB betting would be, like, if I were to do it, I'd do, like, betting on records before the season, but otherwise I never really planned on it. I might, in the future, I might try a couple parlays and see how they work out without money. Um, this podcast has made $2 now. I can't afford to put <laughs> money on it. We um, should go all in. Yeah, I should go all in. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this is just maybe something we'll try out more with the future. But other than that, that's everything we wanted to go over. Any more points to mention today? Um, NFL draft in two weeks. The Super Bowl. Um, looking forward to that day. Um, one of my favorite days in the sports calendar. Um, really, really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess that's all we got for today. Um, thank you all for listening and have a good one.